It's time for the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinosa on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. It's a lot. I hit the 7 iron like John Daly this was 3. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! Jerome Espinosa is a Class A PGA professional and director of instruction at 8 Greatest Performance Center. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! We will talk all things New Mexico golf, hear from voices all around the world of golf, and even give some swing tips to improve your game. All you got to do is just tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Now, here's PGA Pro, Jerome Espinoza. Good morning. Welcome to the 8 Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team, alongside Mr. David Muddit, who's falling apart. We'll be here till 11 a.m. today, every Saturday. David, our, uh, I don't know what we call him, our, our gallery is growing. We've heard lots of good news from lots of people around, we're even requested in Cortez, Colorado. What? Is yeah. Joe, I wonder if Joe's listening. Um, there's a lot of people listening. <laughs> and I took a couple calls the other day. People said, hey, what time is the show on? So 10 to 11 a.m. every Saturday. Yeah, I feel like they should know that at this point. Well, I mean, there you go. We just <laughs> announced it. Now you know. Everybody every knows. Every so Saturday. Thank you for those of you that listened to our shenanigans. Um, David is falling apart. Let's give a David update. He was supposed to run the New York City Marathon. Hmm. But he's a 30-year-old in a 70-year-old body. I am almost 40, actually. Oh, my gosh. I've managed to stress fracture a bone in my foot, so there won't be any running. (laughs) There won't be any anything, really. (laughs) His training, (laughs) he came by one day limping, saying he's in major pain, and now he's got a boot. Well, I wasn't lying. I was in pain. Yeah. Stress fractures do hurt, so he's got a stress fracture in the fourth metatarsal, so he's out. What are you going to do? Are you going to wheel you? Are you going? What's the deal? I don't know. I might go buy a wheelbarrow and see if someone can push me around. <laughs> if someone can push Maybe that guy that ran that other marathon in two, two minutes and 12 seconds can see how, see how quick he can do it pushing me in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> oh, maybe we'll do that. A wheelbarrow. Um, kind of had a big week last week out here in Albuquerque. Um, the professional national championship where we were last weekend hosting live um so brad larden i'm not sure what he finished but i do know he's going to the senior pga yeah like 12th or 15th or something in like may that. that's to be played in dallas at frisco yeah the new pga frisco yep so brad is in yeah our boy steve manning congrats brad yeah Steve Manning was, he's like sixth alternate or third alternate? He's the third alternate from this tournament, which means he's the sixth alternate for the senior PGA. You said get, something the other day. They for go the like, world, you said. Yeah, I mean. That, in the it, world. Yeah, he's the sixth alternate in the world for that tournament. It goes it goes the regular list, then it goes the PGA of America. Regular list, PGA of America, regular list, PGA. Which is completely different than the regular PNC. There are no alternates. It is 20 guys, and, and that's it. If you can't make it, you're out. Yep, and it doesn't go to another club pro either in the regular one. So if the Jeez. If, if one player drops out, even if it's two months before the tournament, it doesn't go to the 21st guy from the thing. It goes to the world ranking points. Dude, the seniors got it great. Man. They re- It's the greatest deal ever. I mean, 35 with yeah. alternates, U.S. Open. They do U.S. Open qualifiers, and they go straight to the senior U.S. I mean, Open. In their defense, they've made it that long. You and they might still, not get and there. And they still play golf. <laughs> You know, that's the... Well, I mean, there's plenty of people, and I don't know if you... But Zaremba, Mike Zaremba from Pueblo is 69 years old. And, I mean, he was... I think if he would have... What did he he end up at? He missed the cut. He was super upset. Did he? I thought he was doing really well. Well, I think think he made the first Mm. cut. He missed the second cut, didn't play very good, and he was kind of upset. That's my partner right there. Yeah, he... uh, But, yeah, 69, and he's out there. Jeez. That's unbelievable. That's and he wasn't the only one. There were some dudes that were up there. The most impressive part of that is you lose distance, right? You lose yep. confidence. You lose strength. You lose so many things when you get older. And he still has the drive and ability to go out there and do that. It's a, I mean, he had to qualify to get there. He doesn't just get a spot. Like, Well, and he was, I mean, he's pretty competitive the first two yeah. rounds. He was, he was up there the first two rounds. I watched him on... One of his last holes in the second round, and he three-putted and was super pissed. But, I mean, Zaremba? yeah. This guy also had a heart attack 
last year. <laughs> That's on true. The golf course in Florida. January or February, right? And then the very next day, I, I arrive and I'm out in the putting green, and there he is putting. And I'm like, Mike, did you not just have a heart attack yesterday? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, good God. I mean, obviously, they must have been in there doing some sort of surgery, and he's on the putting green. Did you see? You thought you saw a ghost. Yeah. I couldn't. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, Larden and Manning, I mean, how many times is Brad going to do this? I don't know how many senior PGAs he's played in. He's, it, Brad, he's Brad would have to play really bad to not finish in the top 35 of that tournament. That is, at Twin, especially. Oh, especially here, yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, he could just keep qualifying for that as long as he wants, I would think. And he's done, I want to say, he's, he's done the U.S. Open because that qualifier is at Campanas. I can't remember. Oh, no, I think, I don't think he got in this year. I think Harvey, it was Harvey. Harvey got in, yeah. Um, so listen to this. People who didn't really know, the conditions were horrendous <laughs> in the final <laughs> round. My God, it's one of the worst I've ever seen. For example, Brad Laden shoots 76 in the final round. Moved up a spot. Well, and I think this I'd... guy right here. <laughs> let me find his name. Who shot 84? 84 and still finished tied for 13th. That's a, <laughs> I mean, I know you were out there and I was kind of watching online on the leaderboard. And on that leaderboard, obviously, it shows an arrow. And every time someone made a par, they moved up a oh, spot. Yeah, was... Every single time. And you said you were out there. You were voice texting me. Because your fingers could didn't work. Yeah. It was so cold. Tim Fleming shoots 72 and moves up 30 spots oh, to 17. That might have been the low round of the day on Sunday for those of you. There was one round of 70 by Kelly Mitchum, and he moved up 20 spots into a tie. Probably into the top 35 and top seven. He finished seventh. Jeez Louise. Yeah. So, I mean, you were out there, but it was blowing, what, oh. 50? It was at times, yeah, it, it was consistent thirty miles an hour. Probably, it was fifty degrees at most and raining on and off. It was it was just absolutely miserable. At a golf course that's set up for a national championship, so the rough was kind of up. The greens, you know, were firm and quick. And they were pretty fast, like because I talked to Steve and he's like, "That was one of the first times I had to read a putt for wind." Like he said, he's you know getting blown over. You hit the putt and it. Just the wind takes it, and I would assume that downhill's even worse. I mean, it was hard to watch, man. He just kept having four or five feet for power in every hole and just kept missing them. And then he, you know, asked me on 16T, you know, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? I'm like, if you make three pars, you're probably going to finish in the top 20. <laughs> like, you can make, you can, still make you can still make a bogey or two and still be fine. He finished bogey, 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 and ended up in a playoff. So he could have bogeyed two of his last three and would have been in without a playoff. It would have been the one, yeah. the 35th, which, I mean, like I said, I was watching it online and it just was, oh my gosh, it was, you were just, I mean, watching people just it's, left and right. Yeah, I mean. I mean, in the playoff, he said, he, and of course, I don't know how good he hit it, you were there, but he said. He hit it really well off the hustle. He said. <laughs> <laughs> He said on number three, he hit one like over the left bunker and ended up in the right rough. Like, granted that I don't know if he hit it good, but that's number how three? hard the wind was blowing in the playoff. He said, in the playoff. Yeah, number three. You saying? Yeah. What right bunker? The left bunker. Oh, Jesus. and ended up in the right rough. No, but, that thing started on the right edge of the fairway and sliced. Oh well. Yeah. But it, they were the conditions were horrible, absolutely horrible. I was. I was so glad I wasn't playing golf. Well, I mean, you know, it's cold, it's windy, so your ball's already not going anywhere. And then if you have any sort of spin on it and it gets in the air, it's off the planet. Yeah. He shot 78 and only lost two spots on the leaderboard. That is just outrageous. Well, and I think you're the one that said this, but <laughs> next year when they have the regular there, it's in April. It's oh. bound to be like that for a week it's gonna blow and it could be yeah it could be 34 degrees as a high i mean it's i was talking to some of the guys uh, that work for the pj and i'm like you guys don't realize how <laughs> bad it could be i said it, it could, be, could great. be it could be snowing too but i said in the four days you're at least gonna get two days that it blows 50 you definitely there's no way you avoid that and if the temperatures aren't up there good luck and they're probably 
Not that they played it like up that much, but they're going to be from the back back tees, which there's some holes. I mean, seven in vicious wind is just, I mean, I don't know. 11's no joke. I was watching scores on number 11 at Twin, and it's like where most people go for that green, that layup shot isn't easy on blowing 50. That is... Man, when the wind blows like that, nothing is easy. I mean, you don't even people don't talk about how hard it is to putt in the wind, but it is brutal. Well, your ball's probably like shaking well, too. Well, and especially it- it's probably worse for Steve in that aspect that he is so used to putts doing a certain thing out there, and then the wind changes it. For <laughs> someone else that doesn't know the greens anyway, it's easier for them to judge that. He's like he it almost hurts him, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. This thing's supposed to go right, and then all of a sudden yeah, it gets well, blown. Yeah. Five feet left. I mean, he just he just needed to hit a couple more greens and, and steady the ship a little bit, and it just started to go south, and it just wouldn't it wouldn't stop. Yeah, no, it was by all the kids. Uh, we had an MB3 tournament at Los Altos on that day, and it was. I mean, obviously it's Los Altos, but it's those kids were like, oh, my, they the first group played in three forty. That's how fast Ugh. they were like. We are flying yeah. through this. Normally, yeah. kids take like four, four and a half, five, and they flew through it because they're just like, just get me out of here. It was awful, man. I can't, I can't believe I walked around and watched, to be honest. That's. I mean, he shot one under on the front without a bogey, just one birdie, eight pass, and was like in 10th or something. Flew up the leaderboard, <laughs> and then bogey 10, bogey 11, uh, pad 12, bogeyed 13. Well, he 14, shot 43 on the back. Part 15. So bogey, there's 16, only a 17, couple 18. pars. Yeah, two pars. Seven bogeys, two pars. Um, and they weren't even, like, terrible bogeys. Some of them were just, you know, you miss the green slightly, and chipping and putting in that wind is just impossible. As well, and like you said, I think the close ones are the worst because they're just <laughs> like, I mean, the ball's jiggling, you're being blown all over the place. So He's also trying to qualify for a senior major championship on a – course it's set up pretty difficult in horrendous conditions with all his family and friends watching <laughs> it's it's just well it's he told to do i talked to him he said he's going to frisco he'll get in which you know he's gonna go and even if he has to sit on the tee and wait i guess he can do that well too. he's an alternate he can he can go use the facilities for the week he can play That's the course unbelievable. he can practice yeah he can do whatever he wants i just go do that i told him yeah and then when you get in just say nah nah i'm all right <laughs> I just wanted to come check it yeah, out. I, I didn't actually want to I play. I just wanted to try it. Um, in other stuff, Keegan Bradley wins the Zozo Championship. So, man, Keegan Bradley comes. I hadn't seen him in years. So he won the PGA Tour event last week. Um, Ricky Fowler. Yeah, he's starting to play a little better. Well, why? Did he change golf balls again? No, he's back with Butch. Oh, is he back with Butch? Okay. I mean, he's... You know, I don't know. Again, oh my gosh, I don't understand it. These guys, and again, Tiger's the greatest, whatever. But he was untouchable with Butch. I mean, just Ricky Fowler, kind of the same thing. Like yeah. that one year that he finished, he finished I don't think he finished outside the top major. three or something yeah. of every major. Yeah. Leaves Butch, disappears, changes golf ball. I mean. More importantly, I think it's the teat. Like, why would you leave Butch Harmon? If he, because, like, I think we've talked about this before. Butch Harmon, you don't ask him, like, yeah. hey, Butch, can I get a lesson? He's going to, I mean, he, he denies more people than he accepts. He doesn't yeah, just but, say, like, all right, David, I'll coach you. Well, here's the thing. And I think the same thing happened with Tiger and Butch. It's not, they obviously have to, to play at that level, have to have such a belief in what they do, right? And believe in themselves. Absolutely. That I think it goes too far sometimes in the fact that they don't realize the things that are actually helping them be that good. And they think, oh, I don't need that anymore. Like, I'm, I'm good. And then you just see the gradual decline, right? I, I saw a little clip today, I think, of Butch Harmon teaching someone. And they asked him, I think it was that Daniela Kang. Oh, yeah, he does she, teach her. Yeah, she asked him who's the best driver of the ball you've ever you've ever seen and i actually didn't expect him to say it but he said tiger in 99 2000 and 2001 it says he hit like 75 percent of his fairways <laughs> and was hitting it 40 past everybody else he you know and he left butch yeah i mean imagine and it's hard to say i always 
you can sit there and say, why did he leave? Like, imagine if he'd stayed with Butch. But someone like Tiger always has to be moving in a direction to think he's improving himself, right? His golf game. Yeah. So he be- he believed he could get better. And he thought, I'm going to, I need to do that with someone else. This is an old stagnant situation, maybe. So I, I, I get people thinking, what? Just imagine. But maybe he doesn't do what he does if he stays with Butch because he's not making the changes of his swing all the times he did it made him work twice Harder. as hard, right? And I think if he didn't, I, Tiger would never just settle for, you know. And that's what Spieth said is when Spieth was struggling. Because the biggest struggle I had is every year of my life, I improved every single year. And then it got to a point where I didn't improve one year. And it's like, wait a second, what? It's like, well, yeah, you got so good. You won three majors. <laughs> like, but he said that's what he struggled with. He 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 couldn't handle the fact he didn't improve. Which is, and that's, I mean, that's a testament to golf. Like, you're talking about two of the guys with the highest level possible ever, right? Like, Tiger and Spieth, like you said, won three, like, and they still want to improve. Now, what's crazy to me is, like, their improvement has to be, I mean, I mean, it's it's minute. It's minute because they're so good already. And it's almost, I I don't want to say it's not possible, but. He won three majors, like in a very short span of time. Can you really get better than that? Like he, if that's and the, the case, fourth, he was probably up there somewhere too. It was probably oh, he, wasn't like he wasn't. He didn't finish. No, 90th. he had a chance in a bunch, but it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't get better than that. If you do, you're going to end up with fifty major championships. Like the bet, the most ever is eighteen. Yeah, you've got three. It's really, really good. I'm not. I'm not saying he won't win another one. He could, but you can certainly see how you know a couple of bad finishes and, and you don't contend in a major, and it's all of a sudden like, oh, well, well what's wrong? It's like it's hard. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you, you, everything has to be in perfect sync for you to do that. Everything, and you have to have like you know you you've said it, and I think we've talked about it. Is winning is not all that. Winning is you're good, yeah. but there's got to be some luck. There's got to be some breaks. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. That has to kind of like line up. It, I win, mean, winning is winning any golf tournament at any level, minus the scrambles and stuff, right? Individual golf tournaments, it is a hard thing to do. You have to control. <laughs> you have to control your body. You have to control your mind. You, then you have to try and control your golf ball. And it, someone behind you could be eight, nine under par. You can't do anything about yeah. that. Like on it, the golf course too, right? Like I know I always have to tell people like it's not a basketball court where the the gym's the same size the yeah. the basket's the same height like i mean the golf courses are so different well, the way yeah. they play different the way grasses. they roll imagine oh imagine the gosh. nba one team has wood the next team has <laughs> tile some next <laughs> has sliding. tile yeah could you imagine that yeah. i mean it yeah it's golf is really really hard to win and when you're winning consistently winning you don't realize how how difficult it is so then once you do start to understand how difficult it is which that's what happened to speed right it you it messes with you it does it does because you're like god i used to just do this so easily it, it wasn't easy right but it felt easy at the time <laughs> yeah i mean you have to have so many things even to win section events you have to have you have to have it up stairs yeah. like you just can't you know, and you can see it in guys. You watch these tournaments. You can go through and list the guys who you know are going to play good on a Sunday. Well, it's like you and I said that one day. You, we both saw Bob Sowards, who not yeah. many people here know, but he's a golf professional in Ohio. I saw his name, and I'm like, I don't care where he, yeah. like where how he makes the cut. He's going to make the cut, and he's going to finish up. I think he ended up dropping quite a bit in the last round because yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, he, um, but if I had to lay money down, my money would have been yeah, finished, on him. He finished 17th. He Immediately. shot 78, which 78 was, was almost par. Yeah. Like if you look at these scores, it's ridiculous. There was 170, and I think 372s. Everything else Everything over else was over par. The leaders, for example, so this includes your winner. Your winner shot 75. Second place shot 77. Third place shot 74. I mean, it was just a chop fest. <laughs> you know, I, I, it was brutal out there. I can't, it was, must, it was survival. It was, must have been horrible to play in. I mean, 
But you go through these names and you see them. Like, these guys have been there. They've done it, right? They've done it plenty of times. And then there's Steve, who hadn't. And it, it's, you know, he said he didn't feel nervous. And you don't always have to feel nervous for nerves to be playing a factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you do things that you wouldn't normally do. You don't feel the nerves necessarily. But when you look back on it, you're like, well, that was a weird decision. Or, and that's what it is. It's... <laughs> It's. I was awfully fast on that swing. Yeah, or that decision or he got, whatever. He got so quick on his putts. Oh yeah. Like he would take his practice swings and then, you know, he would put his putter behind the ball and he's taking it back straight away. I haven't played a lot of golf with him lately, but I don't remember it being that quick. Yeah. You know, and that's what happens. You get in pressure situations, things speed up without you even realizing. Before you know it, you've made seven bogeys in nine holes, and you're like, How'd that happen? What the hell? <laughs> Yeah. Before we go to break, I just wanted a couple, um, just one quick thing before we go to break on current and local to us, but our Sun Country PGA came out. Yours truly, player of the year, David Muddit. Yeah, I don't, I don't. For the regulars. We don't know how he did it. Actually, we do. <laughs> well, yeah, I won the first two events. <laughs> he, I mean, that he helped. Won <laughs> the first two events. Brad Larden wins a senior player of the year. And if Brad was in regular points, he'd probably. Would have been close to that because oh, he, would think so. Brad, won a yeah. ton of big events. So kudos, David, to you. Thank you. Thank and you. Brad for Sun Country PGA Players of the Year. Um, and then um, Dust, Dusty was the Dusty was the player apprentice player, right? player of the year. Who's Dusty Blair in El Paso? Dusty out of El Paso, Texas. So um, we got to take a quick break. If you're interested in the game of golf, please email me at gespinosa8gradies.com. This is the Eight Grades Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017, The Team. Let's get back to the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Welcome back to the 8 Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. I am Director of Instruction at 8 Greaties, and you'll hear myself and David Muddit talking New Mexico golf Saturdays 10 to 11. David, we're back. Um, some uh, Another couple local things that took place, but Q School was at UNM the same time as the, the senior championship so uh the only one that was close that i noticed was jerry pelletier missed by two. Oh, that's painful for those of you that don't know that's the stage that really matters because if you make it to final stage which was the stage after this one you're guaranteed some status doesn't mean you'll get a start but by having that status you can do monday qualifiers without having to do the prequal you, oh gosh you, you have memberships into the other tours like PGA Tour China, stuff Canada, like that. Canada, probably. Yeah. The um, one they try to get into. Yep. So that's that's the big deal. That's, you know who did make it? You'll find this hilarious. Who? Remember a couple years ago when uh, he went to Phoenix? Noah. Noah. Oh, he got through. I saw his name <laughs> and I was like, this is David's guy, Noah, whatever. But he had like a Noah tracker. It was like his first year on on tour he was and you you were paired with him at we played was it you there. or me that was paired with him no, it was in me. phoenix he's a lefty uh it was like in the final round maybe or something and he did that coming out thing the same thing that tiger did right oh my god he, he tried also, to put a video he he on one hole it there was this bunker and it was kind of you know probably carry it you know you might skirt it whatever and he hits it <laughs> and i'm like yeah that should be good and he, I think he, I forget exactly what he said, but he's like, "Oh, that's better than good." Oh like, yeah, that yeah. is what he I'm said. Like, what that is? He did say that. I couldn't believe it. And, and after had... that point, he was so mad, like he was doing yeah everything to beat me. Like you could see it. I would hit a shot, I'd get a lucky bounce, <laughs> and you could. I'd look at him, and he's just like on serious watch, and I'm like, "Goodness gracious!" He just couldn't handle it all. I saw his name. Did you see his name? I saw his name and I'm like, that's the guy Noah that Hoffman was, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was paired with David. He made it through. I mean, it's been what, like three years, so he's um finally getting through. Another guy that plays actually in the New Mexico Open, Daniel Mernicki. Uh he got through. Got I can't through. remember where he's from, but he plays in a lot of How do you find the scores for that? I've never been able to It was really hard actually. I it's found it on never the, easy, is it? It was on the UNM website is I went through Facebook. Cool, and it was on cool UNM, and then you had to click the correct site. Like, it's it's a pain. Right, so you have to go to the Corn Ferry way. Go to PJ Tour, and then you select Corn Ferry, and then there's a little drop-down that says... Um, the sites? 
uh, Colin Ferry Q School. That gets them to final stage, which yeah. is where all these guys are trying to get. Because I don't know, they don't get. I think they still go to Corn Ferry, but they don't go to uh, next year. They go to the PJ Tour. Um, f- I think five guys or something. Hey, your boy Brooks Kepka finally won the live event. I mean, no, you're not a Brooks guy. Woohoo! He told his brother. <laughs> If we win one of these team events, I'll buy you a Lambo. So it looks like he's buying his brother a Lambo. Did they win the team event too? Yep, 4.75 to Brooks. 750,000 to his his brother and the other teammates. I don't even know who's on that team, to be honest. It's Brooks, his brother. Who cares? uh, Oh, Peter Uline is on that team. Um, So I don't know. It's it's interesting. Their their final event is the team event. How about this? Oh my gosh, Brooks, right? Like, I don't know. He's love hate. He said something like, Oh, now I'm playing really good and all these live events end. I'm like, You were complaining about playing a lot of golf yeah. previously. They're all full of it, man. And he is especially full of it. Didn't he say, wasn't, didn't he cry or something? I don't know. Someone yeah, said he's really emotional over getting the thing. And I'm like, It wasn't that long ago you said, who the hell wants to play the John Deere and, yeah. and these other events? You're playing a 54-hole shotgun. Like, give me a break. <laughs> you think the $4 million for first is what made you emotional? It's as fake as it gets. That's ridiculous. Well, there you go. I mean, he's – I can't remember how many days it's been since he won, but um, – I mean, he was – he has hardly won any PGA Tour events. He's, uh, except majors. Yeah, he's got four majors and like <laughs> six at, PGA Tour wins, including the majors. 18 to 19, he won like, he or won. was in contention in like every freaking major. Yeah, he could have won more. Um, I want to talk about this a little bit, David, because this is uh, affects a lot of the golf courses around, but there's some superintendent vacancies, mm. and it's like, I don't know. It, I, I Sandia, who, who else? Sandia, El Paso Country Club was looking for somebody for a oh, while there. Left? I don't know if they had one. I know Santa Ana Twin. I don't think they have one there. Those guys left. Oh, he did. They did leave like two weeks before the. So I mean, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm confused as to. I get it a little bit, but, I mean, if you're those casino courses, I would think that they have a pretty decent budget to do some spectacular things with those golf courses. Yeah, I just think, yeah, I mean, we're obviously tough weather here to to grow, like, pristine grass. I don't know. Cameron Doan one time told me, like, if you can't grow grass in New Mexico, he's like, you probably can't be a superintendent anywhere in the country. With the right right financials, right, with the right amount of money and, and the right people taking care of it, of course. They can make anywhere good. But we get so dry. If you're paying for your water and you have to be careful with you, like the Indian courses don't, right? That's why they're typically in the best condition because... Yeah, they don't have water restrictions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Paradise Hills has changed how the entire golf course is because they couldn't afford the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they can because of the the office, but they that's why the range is the way it is. That's why the fairways are small. Uh, You know, that's why it's it's like a zero-scaped golf course. Yeah, I mean, it's... It just I, I I'm like just dumbfounded how Sandia, who's probably probably one of the best facilities in town, bar none, if you look at, you know, the clubhouse oh, yeah, and their bar, their food and beverage, like everything they have, the the golf renov- professionals are there. The, the 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 I played the course the other day and it was fantastic. The yeah. fairways are the best I've seen them in a while. They come back, they have some spots, but well and they get beat to you know what, like yeah. just I mean, the amount of play those guys have had in the last you know, kind of COVID years, I guess, when they were swamped with people. But, I mean, I'm just like, gosh, how does someone – if you're looking for a superintendent job, I know Nick's looking for somebody. Yeah. It's up. They posted it. And I think the pay is fairly decent. I would think to so. To be quite honest, I think the budget is really, really good. Um, I remember when Matt Malloy was there, I asked him about that, what the budget was, and he goes – we basically don't have one. <laughs> yes, we, we do, but it's so large that it should never be questioned. Like, yeah, I mean, there's there's some that survive with seven hundred fifty thousand dollar budgets. I'm pretty sure that, I mean, and I again, I don't know how those casinos do it, but if they dedicated one slot machine to the golf course, it probably would fund it for as long as it needs. Sick, um, sickening, isn't it? 
but yeah, the soup, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting to me, the superintendent vacancies, I would think that Nick is a great guy to work for yeah. over there at Sandia to get that place. And again, it's not terrible by any means, no. but it obviously needs a superintendent. Yeah. Um, just based on the chemicals and stuff that they can put down, I can tell you around town and I've talked about this at length cause it gives me tons of anxiety with that button weed that grows everywhere. Yeah. That has to be controlled. Or that'll kill your golf course. Yeah. I mean, you've got to know what you're doing, and you've got to know what you're doing in this region because it's, you know, are you going to hire a guy that's been in Florida his whole life to come here? I don't know why you would. Um, yeah. I mean, unless he's, you know, so highly touted. That, but it, you have to go grass different ways. You have to do different things. There's different challenges, and it's like, you know, you need a guy that knows the area. Well, you said this, too, the – the different grass types. I don't know if people know that, but in Florida, there's probably not a lot of bent. <laughs> no, it's uh, it, Bermuda. There might be a couple of courses with bent grass greens, like when you get a little further north in Florida, like Jacksonville, or or up there a little bit. But God, there might not be any. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you really can't with the. It's, yeah, you're right. Our region is kind of funky. I was talking to a guy out of Colorado that I know that works up there for the PGA in Colorado and. We were just talking, and I said, you guys don't have any Bermuda up there, huh? He's like, no. He said, none of our courses have Bermuda. There is not many. I remember when we, we did all that stuff, they gave us this map, and it was colored, and we were right on the transition zone. We're one of the only places in the country where bluegrass grows naturally, and so does Bermuda. There's not many places that do that. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, because it gets hot enough here in the summer yeah, you know, and it gets cold enough in the evenings in the winter for the bluegrass and the bent grass to grow. It's it's very weird. Yeah, not many, not many places can say that. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at us, I mean, and the tough thing, and I don't know. Obviously, I never was down at Albuquerque Country Club any point when they used to overseed, but they used to overseed because that place is Bermuda. Yeah. Um, just because the the ground that they're on is horrible. Well, there. It's, it's the lowest, basically the lowest part of town. So the, right next to the, the elevation river. here is what keeps us getting the bluegrass, right, and the colder weather. They're just, I mean, they're a good, they've got to be a good 500 feet lower than, than Four Hills, right? Yeah. Four Hills yeah. Doesn't, doesn't have a Bermuda problem. They have some little spots here or there, but. I, now that you say that, I don't remember seeing, like, nearly any Bermuda Four Hills. There's a couple of little spots, but they're not, you know, they're like off the side of a tee box or under some trees or whatever, just that's naturally crept in. But yeah, in the fairways, no. no. Well, then if you look, like Ladera's a lot of Bermuda. Arroyo yeah. has very little yeah, Bermuda, if any. And Los Altos, Los Altos is right in between. They have, you, you they have by, a you, mix. Yeah, you drive by there in the winter and you can see just like these, what almost looks like gray spots. That's the Bermuda. Yeah. Because yep. it, completely, it completely goes dormant in the winter. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a hard place for a golf course to be maintained purely. I mean... Like I said, if you if you're on Indian land and you're getting the free water, we have plenty of sunshine. So well, and I think the other part of it too is that I, I don't know if people know this, but the superintendents have to play this fine game, right? Like, yes, the rain is magnificent and the rain is really good for us, but when we get rain followed by massive heat, you're going to get dollar spot. Like I noticed, Sandia had dollar spot like all over its tee boxes and fairways. That's what happens when I mean, I, and I don't know, I don't know how they predict that. I don't know how they do that but some places are really good about spraying and laying chemicals down before that hits so they don't get that yeah that dollar spot that i mean do you remember another issue you have at elevation is poana oh just, yeah poana it's like it's like the elevate high elevation bermuda basically it's just once it comes it's like you can't really get rid of it no you end up killing your whole it's Sandia tried years ago, remember? Yep. They tried to kill all the poana and just have pure bent grass greens. And they tried for a couple of years and they said, we're just going to be happy with poana greens. I'm like, you should, because you can get rid of the bent. That's easy. <laughs> but poana greens are uh, some of the best you'll ever put on until late in the day, right? It gets bumpy and fast. and But yeah, you just have to embrace what you've got. Well, Tory Pine, and, it, and again, it goes back to what you're saying. There's so many different... Tory Pines is 100% Poana, and probably a lot of California is Poana, and they host U.S. Opens. I mean, 
So Puana's just fine. Oh, no, that, that's what I'm saying. You just have to accept it. We're going to have Puana greens, and they're going to be pure. But once it gets to 3, 4, 5 o'clock, and you've had all that play, they're going to be bumpy, you know? Well, it is what it is. You can't be, no. you know, too grumpy about that. But, you know, it's that I, – I don't know. Being a superintendent is not easy. I mean, obviously, there's – I mean, I don't know what they get paid around the country, but here in New Mexico, they get paid pretty decent. But to be honest, they're almost on call like 24-7. Well, like, yeah, I mean. <laughs> you have a broken head or a pipe bust. Like, you can't just say, I'll get it in the morning. No. No, exactly. I mean. It's a pretty thankless job, really. I mean, you know, everyone views it. Oh, it should be in good shape. If it's not, I'm going to bitch about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be one. Now I can tell you. I, I don't know. For me, like you know, and I know some people. <laughs> I've had actually one of my one of my students, a young kid. He loves to rake bunkers. He's like, dude, this is the greatest thing. I love raking bunkers. It's so therapeutic. I'm like, well, maybe you should become like a golf course superintendent. Who said you, that? One of my kids, oh. like a young kid. He's a 12 year old, and he loves he loves to rake he'll rake anybody's bunker because he's just like this is great i love raking bunkers. i thought you were gonna say manning that's what he does he'll be in front of you and it's like <laughs> he's been in this bunker for 10 minutes like good god all right we got to take a quick break i'm Jerome Spinoza, director of instruction at eight grady's golf alongside david muddit if you'd like to inquire about leagues club repair fittings email me at gspinoza at eight this is the eight grady's golf show on espn radio 1017 the team Let's get back to the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinosa on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Hi, I'm Jerome Espinosa. Welcome back to the 8 Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. I'm Director of Instruction at 8 Greatest Golf. You'll hear David Mudd and myself talking to Mexico Golf Saturdays, 10 to 11. Um, today, we'd like to welcome, we've had him on here a number of times, but Stevon Lucero from Eight Grady's Performance Center. Stevon, are you there? Are you live? I mean, we're I'm here. I am live. Oh, we're gonna call you a thousand times, man. Come on, you getting a, you getting a lift in, or what's going on here? Well, I I, I assumed you would be calling me a little bit earlier. But I, I mean, I'm not one to I'm not one to place a blame on anybody else. No. <laughs> Here's we have a we have a dilemma that happened, and we'll ask David the same thing. So. Uh-oh. David, when you get a brand new club, driver or irons, they got the plastic on them, and you have them on the range. What? Do you, how are you going to feel if someone hits those before you do? Let's just—you just don't do that. That's just—that's known, right? Have, like you don't do that. that. I've done that to people. Oh my purpose. gosh, you should have been kicked in the teeth. <laughs> Stevon had that happen I don't to really him. Care, but yeah, for the most part, you you just you let them hit it. Because what if you? I mean, you hit it straight off the hustle. Well, Stevon had that happen to him. Really? Talk us through that. <laughs> yeah, Would you talk yeah. us through that? What happened? <laughs> well, <laughs> so I um, so I power lift competitively, right? Like I'm a uh, I'm a washed up athlete, so you know I got to get it in where I can. And um, so I bought a what's called a deadlift bar, and it's a specialty bar that you use. You know, obviously fix things up. It's just like the name sounds, and um, it, it's made a little bit differently than normal bar. It's a little less thick. It has what's called flex in it, so when you pick weight off the ground it bows somewhat um and that's a little less important but i, I ordered it paid for it and the whole nine and uh, i was real happy to get it and so it finally showed up on tuesday and uh, so i got it out of the package and you know i had a bunch of work to do so i wasn't like ready to work out or do anything with it well when it time when it came time for me to uh take my lunch break and finally have some relief um what, uh, i asked one of my coaches to come in and he will remain nameless but um <laughs> he uh so he came in to, to cover me and obviously i was about to take my lunch break but I, I left for like five minutes you know just for a second to go use the restroom and then I, I think i took a phone call or whatever and i come back and the brand new bar that i haven't touched the only thing i've done is really look at it and take it out of the package mm-hmm. he's gripping and ripping like <laughs> whatever amount of weight and i was like how how does it feel like how, how is it you know <laughs> And he was like, oh, it's great. It's good. Like, he didn't have any, you know, he's, he's 20, so he's young. But, yeah, he didn't have any preconception of, like, what, what the problem was. He was just like, oh, no, it's great. You, you, I really like it, you know? <laughs> that's funny. Well, I told him, too. I'm like, I told Steph, I'm like, dude, that's just like, you don't do that. Like, you don't hit the first shot with a wedge, throw out the plastic. Like, that's, that's reserved for, uh, 
you got to let them hit that. So, Steph, give us an update. What's happening over at the Performance Center? I know you guys have some stuff going on, so give us a give us. We a have look. a lot of stuff going on. In, in addition to, the, to my coach taking my bar, um, <laughs> um, I do want to say one thing before we leave that topic. I, I, I brought it here so that everybody could use it, but I was just kind of hoping I'd get to use it first. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I had no problem, no qualms with everybody using it. It was just kind of like the principle, you know? But uh, <laughs> I digress. Um, so, yeah, we got a couple things going on. So right now we have a fall into fitness challenge. Um, it's a, a six-week-long uh, adult fitness challenge. It's made for people for, who are about 30 and up. Um, and if you're somebody who's really, really struggled with, uh, you know, the summertime and then obviously school and transition, getting the kids, you know, going and getting in their routine and yeah, maybe you put on a couple extra pounds, maybe you haven't, maybe you've just been, you know, not eating as much as you should, you know, all this, all the life stuff. Um, we made this program as a bridge or a jump off point for people who just want to get, you know, back into it. Um, what it looks like is they get to come into the facility and have, and try out any of our classes that run six days a week. Um, and then they actually get their own program to go alongside that because they get some open gym access. They get um, individualized coaching. So, you know, we have a coach that's assigned to each, each member. And, uh, yeah, we make sure that they're, they're getting things done, they're moving properly. You know, one of the things that I always struggle with, uh, you know, in some, in some gym settings is, yeah, you show up to the gym and you never know what you're going to do or, you know, why you're going to do it, how much of it you're going to do, you know, and that, that um, what I would say order of operations or that plan really, really matters. So, um, we want to make sure that all these people are taken care of. And on top of that, they do get some nutrition coaching. So three times throughout the challenge, they check in with our nutritionist and, um, she basically takes them through, you know, the, their, their, um, macros and, and how many calories they need to be consuming, things like that. We do an in-body scan with them that looks at their body composition. And, uh, yeah, you know, outside of that, we're going to have some weekly challenges, um, some workouts outdoors and stuff where we can get together and meet and greet and, uh, we may even go down uh, in the Bosque and take a hike or, you know, a variety of things. So it's, it's just going to be really, really fun. Um, so, yeah, that lasts from now basically until the end of November. Um, I think our last check-in is probably the week, the week of Thanksgiving. So that kind of works out. And uh, we're going to, we're going to, I think, conclude the, the challenge with a turkey Tabata. So, and this is really open to anybody. So put it on your calendars now. Thanksgiving morning, we're going to go ahead and host basically a hit style workout. And the only entry fee is canned goods. Um, so if you have canned goods, uh, just bring them by. We'll, our coaches will take you through a full workout before you go and chow down. Yeah. And you guys, so, have, yeah, I know that's a ways off. You guys have quite a bit of stuff. Not only that, and I want to get as much stuff as we can in, in the short time we have, but you guys have, um, you guys have partnered with the New Mexico High School Coaches Association, um, yep. to do the combines for, Correct me if I'm wrong. Football, soccer, volleyball. You guys are doing combines for all those all-star, or all-state nominees, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so you're right. We do have a lot going on. So here, uh, here coming up, yeah, we're going to kick off volleyball. Volleyball is actually going to be November 18th. So let me tell you a little bit about the combines and how they're set up. So essentially, they precede the all-star events, and they're really open to everybody. You know, these combines. <laughs> are essentially a great data measuring tool and, and gathering tool for athletes to get a good fix on what they're capable of. You know, for volleyball, it's how high you jump. For football, it's how fast you run or a combination of all those things. And what we're going to do in addition to, you know, any of the data collecting is we're going to host skill challenges. Um, a couple of coaches that are pretty high level around here are going to be taking the athletes through a variety of tests and things that measure, okay, their, their ability on the court or again out on the football field. Now, the way that it's going to work out is if you're, if you believe that you're going to be an all-state nominee or if your coach is going to submit you as an all-state nominee, um, you can register for the combine right now. And, and even if you just believe in your heart, you can register for the combine right now if you're an all-state nominee. Um, and then from that, what we'll do is when the actual, um, uh, red versus green rosters come out, we'll take those athletes and they'll play in the game, obviously, the next day. You know, but for those athletes who, you know, do not get selected, they're going to get, you know, the full combine experience. So um, we want to make sure that we turn basically that red versus green game into a week-long of events, essentially. You know, and we've, we've had the opportunity and the luxury of partnering with the Mexico High School Coaches Association to put this on. So, um, yeah, the simplest way to learn more about it and even to register is just go on our website, 8grades.com. That's awesome. Um, and then I, I know I'm going to kind of hijack this, but – 
David's over here. His back's like killing him. He's about to die. Can you give like our golf listeners, how can they warm up like appropriately and properly instead of just swinging like four clubs? <laughs> like, can oh, you yeah. provide any, any insight to that? <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this is one of those things where it's going to be a little bit generalized. You know, I don't want to, I, I don't want to misspeak, especially some folks out there got some special things going on, like injuries or, you know, got some mileage on the tires. But essentially when it comes to, to warming out, warming up, and it, it doesn't matter if you're playing basketball, golf, volleyball, whatever it is, but I'll speak specifically to you golfers. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you, number one, we call it raised tissue temperature. So we want to get you warm either through dynamic movements. It could be skips, jumps. It could be just a jog. It could be anything underneath the sun that, that essentially gets your heart rate going and your blood pumping. And the reason for that is you want to think of your muscles almost like silly putty, right? And when silly putty's cold, it breaks, right? But when it's warm, it's malleable, it's flexible, it's all those things. Um, outside of that, some stationary movements, things like squats, things like you know, high knee pulls where you're just standing and pulling your knee to your chest are really, really beneficial because those are going to make sure that the joints get coated in what they call synovial fluid and that's going to loosen them up. It's almost like, you know, adding oil to, um, you know, any of the joints in, in, in the machine, if that makes sense. So yeah, that's, that's probably the simplest way to start. So I mean, around, does, does foam rolling do anything? Foam rolling can help. Foam rolling is not a bad idea. You know, what foam rolling does for you is it, it brings you in out of that, uh, fight or flight mode, right? It, it kind of, tricks your nervous system into getting your muscles to relax somewhat. So, yeah, if you just came from work and, you know, it's been a hard day, you've had a lot of stress, you know, hopping on a foam roller, giving a couple passes on your shoulders, you know, your calves, your hamstrings, you know, your butt, any of that stuff that goes a long, long way to just kind of get that area to relax a little bit. So when you actually do go to stretch and move around, um, you have the full range of motion, full access to, uh, you know, whatever range of motion really that you have. Well, and here's here's something that I know you and I have discussed this at length, but I know I watch, you know, some of the stuff that's on social media and Instagram and, and they have all these golf things like, you know, people swinging and doing all these fancy exercise. But then I've also heard people that said, just lift hev heavy crap. Like that's how you'll hit it further and stay athletic is it doesn't have to be, you know, doing all these golf swing exercises but lift lift heavy stuff that though um i used to teach that i would tell people to grab the flag and swing the flag without hitting the ground right that gets you on plane number one it loosens you up it's obviously heavier yeah i used to i used to teach people to do that i used to do it sometimes you can't manipulate something that that long and that, <laughs> that heavy, heavy. Right? so it puts you it puts you in the slot and on the right path. So what do you what, give us some exercises, Steve? Do you? Oh, I, I guess I should um, say like golf exercises, but stuff that you would probably. What are your five? I guess that are like key to make you stronger, more stable. Anything that a golfer or I guess an athlete in general would need. Well, yeah, let's let's bring where, it back to golf. Where do we so, start? Uh, golf, go ahead. No, I said, where do we start? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So golf's a really interesting sport in that it's a rotary, rotational sport, right? Um, you know, and that you're not just, you know, like a squat is just down and up, right? And just that one we would call like sagittal plane, right? You're just sitting down and up versus golf. You're kind of rotating against your body from your back hip to your, your front hip. And, um, you know, stuff that improves your trunk stability is going to be really, really important. So, with most of my golfers, we always start off with any um, any variation of, of trunk stability movement, things like planks, um, even things like carries. Thing, uh, and when I say carries, I mean like farmer carries, you know, two dumbbells in each hand or one dumbbell in each hand, suitcase carry where you just have one in one hand. Um, those are going to be really impactful. Um, another, another one could be bird dog exercises. If you just YouTube bird dog, you'll see it. Um, basically when you're on all fours and you're just reaching opposite arm, opposite leg. And what that's going to allow you to do is transfer the strength from your hips up through your torso and then obviously through your arms, uh, your arms and then through the club. You know, what I see with, with golfers sometimes is, uh, you know, they don't have any stability. They're kind of like Gumby out there. And so when they're looking to generate that force from their hips, they can't really ground themselves the way they need to, to, to get that action from the hips through the club. Um, so that'd be a good way to start. 
And then beyond that, it's going to be, you know, pretty straightforward stuff, things like squats, you know, push-ups, um, things like deadlifts, uh, but variations of that stuff. You know, I think that sometimes the misconception is that, um, you know, you need to get a barbell and do it old school like they did in the pumping iron, you know, when really, uh, it, it makes more sense and, it, and it's probably more useful from a functional standpoint, you know, to stick to kettlebells or to do one leg, single leg variation, things like lunges. Um, those go a long way and they probably mean a whole lot more in terms of actual athletic transfer. So, so that would be my advice. You know, do your, you know, do carries, do your, do your trunk stability and then stick to the basics, you know, um, you know, and obviously don't push it the way the, that Arnold did back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, you know, and I've learned a lot from you kind of hanging out with you and getting you getting to ask questions, but some people think, you know, like a squat, let me just throw all this weight on a squat bar. But you've mm-hmm. talked about it at length about, you know, if you do with kettlebells or, you know, uh, dumbbells sort of stuff, it takes the load off the spine, which, that, that you know, messing up the spine has affected Tons and tons of golfers, backs. I mean, you know, if I tried to, try, try to do a squat, I think I'd snap my <laughs> snap my back in half. Exactly. You know, it's messed up Noda before. It's messed up Tiger. I mean, the Jason Day. There's tons of guys out there that have ruined their careers, or it's been greatly affected because of um, you know that sort of stuff. So, I mean, you know, I know we don't always get a ton of time, Steve. We got you for a short time. We got to take off. But if there's anyone is looking. Um, how do they get in contact with you to talk about anything? I mean, baseball, basketball, any any kind of performance. Give us give us some contact info. Yeah, just uh, reach out to us at 8gritties.com. Um, we have the ability for you to create your own free consult. So you can just come in and talk shop with us. And, uh, you know, we'll see if we can help meet your needs. Or call us, you know, uh, 505-288-7587. Uh, we're always open and available and willing to help. Yeah, so any sort of... You know, any sort of training doesn't matter. You know, if you're just looking to get balance or do some sort of specific sports training, hit a Stev on up over there. Stev, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, we'll have to have you back sometime to shoot more shop. You do you do a nice job. So thanks for thanks for all you do. That'll do it for today's show. There will be a link for today's show at 8gradies.com. We'll be here again next Saturday, 10 to 11. For David Muddit and myself, Jerome Espinosa, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next Saturday. Thank you for listening to the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza. Come back Saturday mornings at 10 for the latest stories and analysis from around the world of golf on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.